Welcome to Bible study. This is Nick Krita, your host. Very happy to be with you and thank you for tuning in. It's a pleasure to have you with us today because we are going to look into some very interesting things to apply in our life. I would like to welcome our panel today and I will start with Joe. Good to have you back with us, Joe. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. And Will, thank you for joining. Thanks. I appreciate being here, Nick. Len, thank you for being part of this panel. Well, thank you for the welcome and hello, listeners. And Brenton, also thank you for joining us. Good morning, Nick and everybody. It's always a privilege to share God's word on air. Helen, it's good to have you with us today. And uh, you are the facilitator, and thank you for preparing this program. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Nick. Welcome to you too. It's lovely to have you out there with us. I'm excited. We're, we're into a, a new lots of studies, and um, yeah, I'm just excited about it. I loved last last um, few weeks. We've been dealing on the covenant, and now we're going to talk about rest. And I felt like doing that this morning, <laughs> but it is great to be here. There is a story that I heard about a young person that was on a plane, and um, I'm telling this one from memory. I hope I can remember it okay. was on this plane, and they were coming up to a storm. The storm was pretty bad. Passengers were all getting quite frightened. And this young person was being very, very calm and collected. And uh, when they got through the storm, somebody asked, you know, how come you were so calm? And the answer was, I wasn't frightened. My father is the pilot. And I thought, I remember back to the time we had our accident and my husband was the pilot and uh, and I knew God was in control. But, you know, a lot of people are frightened in that situation and there's a lot of people frightened in today's world restlessness and fear they seem to go hand in hand and in today's study we're going to discuss rest in the context of living in a 24 7 society living in a world that keeps most people busy almost 24 7 can result in restlessness and fear in our lives and we're going to cover such questions as why is the subject important what does the bible say about the subject What are some of the major themes covered in this study? And especially, how does this subject affect our personal life today? But first of all, as um, our custom is, let's open with prayer. Thank you, Len. Our dear Father in heaven, as we open your sacred word this morning, we pray that um, the word will speak for itself, that the verses we read from the Bible will be meaningful, and that those who are listening today might find rest for their souls in you. We invite you to direct our lives and direct our thoughts this morning, and also to bless our listeners. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lynn. It is always good to start with prayer, and we know that God is in control. Panel, the first thing I'd like to do is address to you the question, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when I mention the word rest. Yes, Len. Well, I'd have to say a wheelbarrow. Now, a wheelbarrow. Yes. Okay. My, my dear old dad, who died quite some years ago, had a dream, or had a desire, I should say, 
that when he retired, he was going to buy a property with some nice trees on it, and then he was going to get the wheelbarrow and park it in the shade, put a bag in the bottom and lie down in the wheelbarrow and sleep in the shade uh, on a warm day. So for him, it meant closing his eyes in the shade of a tree in a wheelbarrow. Very interesting, Len. Have you done that? No, I don't find it quite comfortable enough. Okay. Somebody else want to tell me, what do you think the first thing comes into your mind about the word rest? Well, Helen, when you said what's the first thing that comes into my mind, it was yes, please. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Yeah. We're all a bit tired, aren't we? Especially as it gets to the end of the week. And Brenton? Um, Rest probably is associated in many people's minds with sleep, but I want to take it a bit beyond that. You use the word 24-7 society. I think one of the problems uh, that we're facing, Helen, today is that because we are such a busy society, many of us feel that we are indispensable. Rest, to me, uh, can be a number of things, but one of the things I believe rest can be is recognising that you are not indispensable. You can step back from whatever it is that you're doing. Others are capable of doing it. And sometimes you need that that rest to reflect. You need time for reflection and time for just um, downtime, basically. And I think a lot of people today feel that they're indispensable. And um, I think um, rest that we're going to be studying about helps us to realise that um, we are not indispensable and God actually doesn't suggest that we rest. He actually commands us to rest, but we'll come to that a bit later. Thank you. It's true. If you had a bucket of water and you put your hand in the water, it stirs the water, but when you bring your hand out, what happens to the water? It becomes very calm again. And, you know, if I if I start to think of being just a little bit too important... I go and put my hand in a bucket of water, <laughs> and that reminds me. And, uh, Nick, I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to mention that uh, we look at, uh, when we talk about rest, and particularly as was mentioned already in the context of uh, 24-7, rest is not something that is uh, for granted. You know, you have to be intentional to approach uh, rest because um Unfortunately, even though the, our body is created, you know, to rest and we may fall asleep, you know, uh, uh, like that. But in these days, unfortunately, you have to be very intentional of uh, um, have rest. And, um, yeah, that's what I, I thought uh, to share this because each one of us probably were guilty of uh, uh, stretching sometime too far, you know, and not giving the right time for for this amazing body which God created, you know, uh, to rest properly and to function properly. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Nick. It reminds me of, you know, Lord, the Lord says to come, you know, come apart for a while. And I think I often think of the, the statement I read that said, come apart before you come apart. Because as we stretch, there are times when we don't, we just stretch too much and then we snap. And, um, yes, even the Lord did exactly that. Yes, Will? I found an article in the Christian History Institute, and it says about Augustine, 
It says, Behind Augustine are a succession of desperate searches for fulfillment, excessive pleasures, false religions, philosophy, dissipation and distractions, futilities that left him so weary of himself that he could only cry out, How long, O Lord, how long? And then this key point. He found his answer in commitment to Jesus Christ and wrote the famous words, Our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Joe. rest connects us with many, many things. Would you like to share with us, please? Yes, absolutely. And, and the question you might ask is, does it and how does rest connect with the epic themes of the Bible, such as salvation and grace, creation, the resurrection, the soon coming of Christ? These are epic themes. And, you know, how is rest linked to it? Well, what comes to mind to me is that really how much can we contribute to any of this? Can we save ourselves? You know, can we create? Were we there? You know, what about the Sabbath? the resurrection, the soon coming of Christ, can we do anything to add to these? We can't. We can only but rest. And another aspect to this is that in all the amid of this hustle and bustle and constant engagement in the world, we can get so busy that we don't have time to connect, to uh, pursue things that are spiritual, to pursue God and find God, um, which is essential. And so, I think, Nick, you mentioned something about being intentional about our rest. And, you know, I have set the alarm clock at times, Nick, and Mm. tried to force myself to go to sleep because I need to be up at a certain time. And the more I try to make myself rest and go to sleep, I cannot. And so there's an aspect of that even to find rest, God must be there. And I guess that is what the underlying things Jesus says, and I guess we're going to be discussing this, is come unto me and I will give you rest. And they're all connected because we cannot do anything of ourselves. Our our natural state is to fight, to struggle, to be independent, to resist, but we need to find rest, and that can only be found in God. Thank you so much, Joe. But how you mentioned the words hustle and bustle. How do we find rest amid all that hustle and bustle? Len? Yes, well, I would like to direct your attention, listeners, to the book of Matthew, chapter 11 and verse 28. And this is a fairly well-known verse. Jesus is speaking and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, We don't need rest only from our physical activities. In fact, the strange thing is we live in a day and age where we have time and labour-saving devices, but they haven't improved the situation. We're still busy as anything. Now, Jesus was addressing the apostles who were with him, and I just compare their lives to our lives, and I think... They had a lot more empty spaces in their lives in order to rest. However, Jesus is also speaking to us in this day and age. And I'm thinking, what what do we need rest from? Well, one of the things that is really burdening people 
is sin and the guilt associated with the guilt. And Jesus gives rest from sin and guilt. Of course, we have to ask for forgiveness, but that's guaranteed if we ask in uh, sincerity. I believe a lot of people are really struggling in this day and age. My son is currently looking for another unit in which to live. The lease is expired on the one he lives in. And I'm aware of the fact that there are so many people looking for housing and so many people who don't have any housing. So life is a bit of a struggle. But, you know, even though we might have those things that we have to deal with in life, the biggest rest that we can ever have is coming to Christ where we can be freed from sin, where we can have rest from false ideas. I've heard some people describe when they come to Christ, it's like coming home. And in Christ, it's like being home where you can be yourself, be relaxed and find peace. Our 21st century society is filled with restless people. Worry and anxiety combined with uncertainty about the future contribute to this restlessness of the soul. There is a growing concern among mental health professionals with the increasing number of depressed people that they are treating. It is estimated that there are more than 300 million depressed people in our world and that depression will surpass heart disease as the leading cause of death in a few decades. Worldwide sales of antidepressants are now expected to be more than $6 billion, according to Thompson's Reuter Pharma projections, based on the consensus forecasts from analysts. You know that more than 270 million prescriptions of antidepressants are sold in the United States alone each year. Our focus um, in this talk, I believe, Helen, today in panel, and this quarter, in fact, should be the focus on the true rest, the true source of rest that could provide practical counsel on how we should live our lives day by day in the busyness of 20th century, 21st century society. You know, I was reading a report from Lifeline the other day and they said there are eight people that suicide every day. Really? That's horrendous when you think about it, isn't it? Mm. What's the key to all this, Brenton, do you think? Well, John 10.10 is the statement that we know and Christ made, but we need to study it contextually. I'll read it. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. It's also this statement which has been used for many a sermon and many a talk is um, you need to look at it contextually and the context is it's dealing with John chapter 9 where a man who was born blind was healed by Christ and the Pharisees refused to accept the evidence, the clear evidence that Christ's power alone was responsible for healing this particular man. I believe that in their society, Helen, and probably the same today in 2021, just to give you some idea, in their, in their society they had 603 rules and regulations regarding keeping the Sabbath. So when Len read Matthew 11:28, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, 
I suspect that that was part of what Christ was saying. But I think what John 10.10 is saying to modern man and to us today in 2021 is that the only genuine rest that is lasting comes in resting in Christ. Now, you can go to courses uh, these days on meditation. You can do courses on um, conflict management, and I've been to some of them. You've go, you can go to courses on all sorts of things. You can't go to courses on knowing Christ. Uh, he says, come to me, leave your burdens with me, uh, give them to me, and I will give you rest. Um, the rest, I believe that Christ wants to give us is a lasting peace, and you know what it is? I believe the rest that we're going to be studying about in the next few weeks is rest in the midst of conflict. And we haven't even got there yet, but I believe we live in a society that is full of conflict. How do we have rest in the society in which we live today? And John 10.10 10 is saying, I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. And I think that what we can do is to share with our listeners the fact that only in Christ will they really find the rest? And if they're at a stage right now where they are still umming and ahhing about whether they'll accept Jesus, I would encourage them to accept him and accept the rest that he promises to give them. All they have to do is say, yes, Lord, I can't do it. Please take the burden from me. Lift this load, this mental stress that I'm going through. Lift it and uh, give me the rest that you've promised. And I believe he'll do that. Thank you so much. Lynn, you wanted to say something. Yes, we've been talking about people and society, but it's quite evident these days that our planet needs a rest. It's being plundered and exploited. The jungles, the Amazon jungles have been burnt and all in the uh, quest to make money. But our planet is really in trouble, as many people would agree, with the ice caps melting and whatnot. So it's not just people who need a rest. The whole planet needs a rest. And I think we're coming to something shortly which um, partially solves that particular problem. Thank you, Lane. So important, isn't it? God actually has given us the optimum ideal of a rest. But when you put it into place, it was even before mm. anyone was tired and so I, I was thinking about that and I thought, why would God create a rest day before anyone was even tired? Way back at creation. Nick, you wanted to answer that one? Right. Helen, uh, this is very uh, interesting uh, question, even though I may debate a bit that question, uh, because uh, I may want to say that probably Adam was tired of naming all the animals and he needed some rest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to look into Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 3, let me read this um, if I can. Does the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished? And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it 
he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. I think from this passage, we may uh, be able to just conclude that I don't think so that God really need rest. You know, uh, the Sabbath was not necessarily created because he was tired. Even though, I, as I just mentioned earlier, maybe men uh, already started to <laughs> to be tired, which uh, I cannot uh, prove that because uh, we are still talking uh, um, when was everything perfect, uh-huh. you know. But uh, God created the Sabbath, and that's very interesting, the rest of the Sabbath. Now, if I could just uh, mention here that this day would be a time to stop and deliberately enjoy life. A day to be and not to do. A day to specially celebrate the gift of grass, air, wildlife, water, people, and most of all, the creator of every good gift. I believe the first institution, or I may say the second institution, because when God created, you know, man and marriage, I believe the first institution, but Sabbath was one of the second institution. So important that today we're talking about restless society uh, where people are busy 24-7 denying the importance of that great institution, Sabbath, the weekly rest. And you know that those two institutions, as I mentioned, the marriage and Sabbath are the most attacked this day. We don't have mm. time to rest today, and we don't have time for real family today. You know, the, both of those institutions are heavily attacked by the enemies of God, which we know it's Satan. And I believe that's why where we need to be more intentional and how to say to approach this, not on our own power, because we cannot sort it out. Even the marriage problem, we cannot sort it ourselves. Even the rest, as Joe's mentioned it a bit earlier, even if you are intentional to go to have rest, if you are without God, you may not be able to enjoy that. And the Sabbath day which God created was supposed to be in that connection with God, that relationship with God. I believe that was the, uh, the major thing which uh, happened. Thank you so much for that, Nick. I was interested in those gifts that you said. You know, we often, we walk across the grass and we don't even think of it. Um, and, you know, we're breathing in beautiful air and we don't think about it. But the Sabbath, I believe, is also a wonderful gift. Len, you wanted to say something. Yes, it was very interesting to read something that was released from Pope Francis of recent times. He was talking about the Jewish Sabbath. Now, many of you would know that the the Sabbath, according to the Bible, is to be not just a day of uh, ceasing from labour, but it's to be a day of worship. In ceasing from labour, there's a great deal less strain on the resources of this, this planet. And Pope Francis was recommending that the whole world involves itself in having a day of rest, just as commanded by the Lord regarding the Sabbath. Of course, he wasn't recommending it be on the Saturday, that it be on the first day of the week on Sunday. But um, it's interesting that this is recognised 
as something that is not just good for people, but is good for the planet. That's so true. Brenton, you wanted to say something. Yes, I have a thought that, shall we say, different to what we've had so far. The question you asked is that why did God give them a day of rest before they'd actually done any work? Can I suggest there is a reason for that? At the end of chapter 1, it says that at the end of the sixth day, God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. Now, I would suggest to you this. I would suggest the reason he gave them a rest day on the next day was to contemplate the completeness and the perfection of what he had done. Now, if you're a builder, uh, and I'm not, but if you're a builder, you tend to finish one building quickly. Nick might be able to help me on this one, and you move on to the next one. You don't spend a lot of time uh, reflecting on your handiwork. What God has done, I believe, to the human race is said, I consider that everything that I have made is very good. I want you to reflect on it. I don't want you to immediately slip into your overalls and your shovel and uh, get working. I want you to sit back. And I want you to reflect on the perfection of what I've done, starting with yourselves and moving on down to the animals and all the other things that God had created. I think reflection, you know yourself, Helen, if you ever go for a walk on a Sabbath afternoon out in the hills or anything like that and you look up at the trees or the animals or the um, birds, it's so therapeutic. And I believe that God wanted them to take all of this in before they began a week of work. So I see it more in terms of reflection, reflection on the perfection uh, that God has, has made and that then carries them forward into a new week. I believe the Sabbath even today should be the same. It should be a reflection on God's perfection that will carry us into a new week. Thank you, Brenton. I love that. And I think we can learn a lesson for that on our daily walk with the Lord when it comes to the Sabbath. Nick, you wanted to join in? <laughs> yeah, I just uh, wanted to just add, uh, you know, as Brenton was uh, sharing about the, you know, building and this, it's true, Brenton, that uh, unfortunately these days, uh, because of the 24-7 rush, um, people are moving quickly, you know. Um, yeah. Now, the difference is this, and because you raise up that um, issue, I just thought I will share this. Uh, in my uh, own experience, um, because, yeah, I'm a trade uh, carpenter, and I, I'm proud of that, because our Lord Jesus Christ, he was a carpenter too. And um, <laughs> myself, I always look back. When I do a job, I look back and I enjoy what I did, you know. I really look back and, and many times even go back and say, I did that, you know, and look good. And, you know, I think God reflected himself, you know, and even said, oh, look, because he said it was very good, you know. And um, even more than that, even more than that, um, uh, today it's very difficult, you know, to rest and to enjoy the things, you know, which you you do. And you mentioned something earlier, Brenton, about um, reflection. What I will see, let's talk here about the day of rest. We, we talk about the, the Sabbath or, you know, the, the seventh day. I heard this and I tend to agree with the explanation that Sabbath or that rest day should be a little bit of like a timeout to really reflect what you have done for the whole week, you know, the course of the week, you know, to look at that spiritually, 
even physically, whatever it is. And then prepare for the next one to come. You know, to be equipped, to be ready for the next one, which I, I think it's very important to look in that way, too, uh, not to miss, uh, because this is the first, uh, I mean, the, the most important purpose of the rest is to be connected with the creator, the one who give rest to us. Thank you. I like the word that, Nick, that you and Brenton have both used, to be intentional. And I, I think that's a very important point as well. But, Pannon, I'd like to ask a question, and that is that I read that the Sabbath is a stress buster. Do you agree, and in what way would you agree? Have I got some takers? Yes, Len. Yes, well, before I retired, I was in business, and I was running a car business, and I had some mechanics working for me. But on Friday afternoon, Before the sunset, I would close the doors, and that was the end of business until Monday morning. But the mechanics, they would do some freelancing. They would work at home or at other people's places and work on their vehicles. Come Monday, I was all refreshed, ready for the week, and they were worn out. And that's true. <laughs> They were, they were really dragging their feet because they had not taken any time for themselves. So I've seen it in practical terms how that the Sabbath really helped me because I was refreshed, they weren't. Thank you, Len. Does anyone else of the panel like to comment? Yes, Nick? I think what you ask, you know, about, I'm not sure if I understood correctly the, the question, but the Sabbath can be a burden or a delight. You know, you can have rest or you can be to overdo it. Uh-huh. And that's what you need to be also very um, balanced in this. Because even with good things, you can end up to, you know, to be not, not so good. I, I do hear what you're saying. At the same token, um, in the ministry, most of the ministers are just flat out on a Sabbath. However, um, I've spoken to a few through the week and each one of them said that even though it's a busy time, it's they love the Sabbath. They absolutely love the Sabbath and it is different to the other days when they're ministering. And I feel that myself, you know, come the Sabbath hours, its atmosphere is different. And, uh, yeah, but I hear what you're saying. Brenton, you wanted to comment. Well, I was going to comment on the fact that Sabbath is the busiest day of the week for those of us who are ministers. Um, I, I feel that every Sabbath. But I was also going to look at the stress buster aspect. One of the best Sabbaths I have ever observed, and Lurlene was part of this, was when we were um, in charge of our Pathfinder Club at Adelaide City. We took a group of Pathfinders up to Burra Creek Gorge, also known as Worlds in Creek. Now, on the Sabbath, we invited Graham Parkin from Barossa Church to come up for the day. Now, Graham, as you know, is an amateur ornithologist, and he took us walking along the creek. We found in the space of probably about one and a half, two kilometres, 23 different species of birds. All we were doing was walking along quietly along the creek bank. Uh, there was a bit of water in the creek, so occasionally you could hear the water rustling over the, the pebbles and just observing. And I look back on that, even though that was probably 20 years ago, as probably one of the best Sabbaths I've ever celebrated. 
Wow, that's a good memory. Absolutely good memory. Okay, um, if we look through scripture, we'll see that many times God invites us to rest from our busyness. And although sometimes the busyness can overwhelm us and three things can begin to happen. And I, I just like some of the panel members, if you can share, share with us. And Joe, how about you start us off, please? Okay. Well, Helen, we can actually, when we get really, really busy, um, what often happens is that we begin to lose focus, focus yes. on what we're doing. We lose focus of what the priorities really are. So it's often they get all mixed up and upended. So we're putting a lot of energy into really small things and not enough in the big things. We tend to miss out on opportunities or miss out on seeing things that we should have seen. We start making mistakes. We lose perspective. We trip up, fall over. Uh, become overwhelmed and sometimes lose hope. And a story that comes to my mind in, in the Bible was when Peter, Peter was walking on water, if you like, and he was doing rather well. He took his eyes off Jesus and what happened? He felt, <laughs> felt himself sink uh, below the, the level of the water and, and probably, you know, gasped a little as water entered into his airways. And so he reaches out and says, help, help. And so I think it's like that with us. If, if we lose focus of God, all these things can happen to us and we just need to recenter. I think that's one of the things that happens. Thank you so much, Joe. That beautifully put. Thank you. I think, Ellen, um, one of the things that happens in this uh, chaste 24-7 lifestyle that we that we have today is that uh, we begin to become physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted. You know, we can actually say and do things we later regret. Busyness leads to tiredness. Tiredness, again, leads to burnout. Burnout leads to discouragement. You know, busy people often make quick judgment decisions and fail to see the larger picture because they are so busy, they need uh, to get on to the next problem, to solve the next task on their to-do list to accomplish. And thus they have little time to reflect on the best solutions to the problem they are facing. I think as a stress buster, the weekly Sabbath gives us time to reflect, to recollect ourselves and to make Sane, well, head in a more sane direction. Well, and I think also we begin to neglect prayer and Bible study, and as a result of our, this, our devotional life suffers. Um, busyness, as we all know, produces tiredness, and tiredness produces inefficiency, a lack of discipline, and the inability to control one's feelings and an erosion of a meaningful devotional life. Let me speak to that um, just briefly. The last week or two I have been studying, um, there is a statement in a well-known book that we know we would do well to spend a thoughtful hour each day uh, dwelling upon the life of Christ, particularly the closing scenes. In the last two weeks I have studied um, various chapters in a book which I would recommend to our listeners called Desire of Ages. I've studied the chapter Gethsemane, the chapter entitled in Caiaphas and Annas, uh, or before Annas and Caiaphas, in Pilate's Judgment Hall, Judas, Calvary, it is finished, um, he has risen, 
and uh, the road to Emmaus. They're just some of the topics that I've studied in the last couple of weeks. But you've got to read them slowly because even though most of us have probably read these chapters for ourselves, you've actually got to read them slowly. I spent a whole hour just reading the chapter on Gethsemane and I have preached a sermon on that in the last two weeks at some of my churches. It focuses your mind. When you get too busy, you you still have uh, your devotions, but you rip through them at a great pace. And it's almost as though, yeah, know that, know that, know that, yep, yep, on to the next thing. Lord, bless me today. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I need help. I need strength. Please help me. See you later. Um, we really do need to do what I think Martin Luther said once. On the days that he's the busiest, instead of spending less time with the Lord, he needs to spend about three times the amount with the Lord that he normally does. And I think um, a neglect of your devotional life comes slowly. It doesn't just suddenly go from being really good to really bad in two days. It gradually declines till eventually you get to the stage where either you just can't be bothered anymore or else it just doesn't have any real meaning for you anymore. And uh, this is why I've taken the step that I have to start looking at the closing scenes of Christ's life in detail and stop, read the, the comments in the Word of God, read the comments in this book, and meditate on them, the fact that Christ did all of this for me. I think this is how your devotional life will shine. Benton, thank you for sharing that. I agree with you totally on that. It's a wonderful book. It's one of the best books on the life of Christ yes. called The Desire of Ages. And as you have noticed, and I'd noticed in the past too, by reading it slowly, I remember I, I was intentional in my reading of that and um, I was reading it slowly, and at the end of every chapter, I was on my knees. Just an amazing book, and it draws you back to the Bible. So thank you for those words as well. Len, you had something you wanted to. Burnout's not just something that goes with modern times. We read in the Bible in Jeremiah chapter 45 about Jeremiah, who was the prophet, Jeremiah's secretary or his scribe, whose name was Baruch. And Jeremiah uh, received visions and messages from the Lord, which were written down. That's how we've got the book of Jeremiah. But Baruch was the um, scribe, and he was hearing all these messages about the sins of the people and God wanting the people to come back to him to get uh, forgiveness and so on, and they didn't. And Baruch was sick of this. It, it really got to him. And his words were, Woe to me, the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I'm worn out with groaning and I find no rest. Well, the Lord actually gave him a special message just for him and said, All right, disaster is going to come upon these people, but I'm going to look after you. And I think there's a lesson here. Sometimes we can see the world and we can see all the problems and all the negativity and with this COVID business that we've had to deal with, people's businesses are collapsing and so on. Well, you won't get much help apart from the Lord, at least in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the storm of depression and trouble. You have a refuge, the uh, psalmist David said, God is my refuge. 
and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. So we can take a lesson from Baruch. We turn to the Lord. The Lord will look after us, even though it may not mean all our troubles are solved. Thank you, Len. Brenton, you wanted to share? Yes, I found the story of Baruch absolutely fascinating. Um, mm. I, I did read the chapter, and as Len knows, it's only got five verses in it, Jeremiah to 45. What I did find out is this. Baruch came from a fairly well-to-do family. He was fairly well-connected in society. What's interesting about it is that Jeremiah was probably in prison at this time, and that's why Baruch wrote this message. And he delivered the message to a group of princes who were in the temple, and they said, who wrote this? Did you write this or did someone give it to you? And he said, he basically said, no, I got this from uh, Jeremiah. These are the words that I recorded from Jeremiah. And they said, well, look, we suggest this. We suggest you go and hide yourself and we will take this message to the king. Now, the king's name was Jehoiakim. He was sitting in his winter palace because it was winter time, and he was sitting by a fire. And someone started reading this message from the Lord to him. And as they read it, he took a penknife and cut it apart. And each after each page had been read to him or each portion of the scroll had been read to him, he would slice it from the rest of the scroll and put it in the fire. Now, if you stop and think about the reaction of the king, the reaction of the princes, you can understand the depression that is coming upon Baruch. He's thinking that this is all a complete waste of time. Not only is it a waste of time, but my life's in danger because the princes said to him, you better go and hide yourself. And um, God gives him a message, as, as uh, Len has shared with us. The good thing is, I think verses 4 and 5, he said, look, you're going through difficult times, but I am going to carry out on Judah everything I said I would do. However, I will save your life. And do you know what? What we know of Baruch, the rest of his life he spent wandering. When um, Nebuchadnezzar came and took them captive, Baruch and uh, Jeremiah went with the, the Israelites who escaped and went to Egypt. And we don't actually know where he ended up, but it seems as though he spent the rest of his life wandering. What's interesting about it is we live in a society where many people are wandering. <laughs> Their lifestyle is a wandering lifestyle. It has no real intent, no real focus to it. Um, but God is saying here, I'm going to look after you, Baruch. Just trust me, even though you're going through hard times. And I hope that in the next few weeks as we study this subject with our listeners that we will start to unpack this a bit more about how God can help. Thank you, Brenton. The Old and New Testament use the same words, rest. Nick, you wanted to add something. Yes, um, Helen, when we talk about rest, and you're right, uh, in the Bible uh, you have different uh, words, you know, which uh, it can have different uh, meaning. Uh, but one of them which we dealt with um, already is that uh, verb, you know, Shabbat, you know, which means uh, rest. In Genesis, particularly in chapter 2, but also in Exodus chapter 5, it's mentioned about the, the need of rest. And even 
as we look in uh, Exodus, you know, the story of uh, of the people of Israel with uh, with Egyptians there, uh, angry Pharaoh, you know, accuses Mo- Moses of uh, um, making them rest from their labor, mm-hmm. you know. But there are other words, you know, uh, which we can um, look at, you know, like, um, uh, for example, uh, to be settled, uh, to have peace, to be quiet, and have relief. You know, it's, all those words have a um, root, if you like, in the, the greater meaning of rest, which we said it's Sabbath. Because what I believe, even though we live in a society where people are looking for those things to, to have quiet time, to, uh, to have some relief from the busyness of the week and so on and so forth, but you cannot find that. And uh, Len mentioned, you know, uh, about his uh, workers, you know, how they were coming back in the new week, uh, even more tired maybe than before. What I like to um, underline here is that we really need to understand God, who is the author of rest. And um, if we understand that all other things, I think, will fall in place. We'll settle, we'll enjoy, we'll have quietness, we'll have all those things uh, uh, together. Now, also, I would like to just, um, another important uh, verb, uh, uh, which is, is, I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly, but it's uh, uh, shagat, to be addressed, you know, to be granted, if you like, uh, that relief, if you, you know, and quietness and so on and so forth. Uh, there is another verb which we can look at. It's called, you know, it's raga. Also is used to indicate rest. In the warning against disobedience in Deuteronomy, if you go into the book of the Bible in the Old Testament, God tells Israel that they won't find rest in exile. If you read this in Deuteronomy 20, 28, uh, you'll find this story. And it's interesting that when they went into exile, either was in Babylon or, you know, they were not able actually to practice that rest which God was talking about, particularly the Sabbath rest. In, in Egypt, it was pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, there, there are different words, you know, which can be described, you know, uh, uh, as rest. But I believe the root is to have God in the bigger picture, you know, the one who created rest. Thank you. His gift with us was gift to us was rest, mm-hmm. an inner, an inner peace, a sense of calm. Thank you for that. But just in relation to Jeremiah forty-five, you know, I read the uh, about what about Baruch, and um, what's really hit home for me. It says that. Um, God says, do not seek. Do you seek great things for yourself? You know, well, don't seek them. Mm. And sometimes, um, you know, we can put ourselves through immense additional stress and hustle and bustle in trying to pursue our own agenda, our own goals. Our, you know, um, I think apparently some of Baruch's discouragement was seeking great things for himself mm. and he probably expected to be in a better and a different place in his life than what he found found himself to be at that time and these things really weighed heavily on him perhaps and so god says you know you're disappointed yet things didn't work out the way you wanted them to but you know what 
you'll get away, you know, you'll, you'll run, you'll, your life will be spared, you know, be thankful for that. And so I think sometimes in, uh, you know, we forget and we lose sight and we lose focus and then we become ambitious. And we know one of the disciples was, well, actually all the disciples had similar issues, you know, who was going to sit on the right and left side of Jesus and who was going to be his prime minister. And, you know, I think that's just the carnal human heart, isn't it, to think, think that way. Mm. That, that was you. it. <laughs> Thank you, Joe And Lynn, I, I know time is flying, but you wanted to make a comment? In Genesis chapter 4, we have the story where Cain, firstborn of Adam and Eve, or firstborn son at least, we don't know about the girls, killed his own brother, Abel. Now, God didn't strike Cain dead. However, he did curse him. And I'll read in verse 11. God said, now you're under a curse and driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from the from your hand. When you work the ground and no longer yield its crops for you, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And Cain replied, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. All right. Cain recognized that he would be a restless wanderer. But when we read the verse carefully, he's actually given the reason why. Not just because he's driven out from that area where um, they were living, but he says, I will be hidden from your presence. And I believe this is a really important message for us as a panel and for all the listeners. You know, when you're away from God's presence, you don't have peace and rest. When you have God dwelling within you, that's when you have peace. And uh, especially when we try to run away from God, yes, you can never really escape, as David said, wherever I go, I can't escape from your presence. But when we deliberately turn our backs on God, there is a restlessness that cannot be filled, although we try and try and try fill that void. My advice for for you listeners is to accept God into your life and you will have a peace that passes all understanding. Thank you so, so much um, for that. Well, let's just have a look and see, was there a life application that we can apply to this week's study? And um, I believe there are at least three lessons that we can we can look at. So perhaps um, panel members, would you like to share with us? Will? Yes, I'd like to. Um, I think uh, listening to what Len has just said, uh, we become when we become too busy to rest in our Creator's loving care, our lives become filled with stress and anxiety. No one deserves this, really. This stress can lead to physical fit illness and emotional distress. I think seek God's presence and um, this exhaustion, both physical and uh, emotional exhaustion, will be something of the past. Thank you, Will. We need to take these lessons into our own lives, don't we? Brenton, can you share with us another one? 
Well, basically our creator designed us to rest. I won't um, read the whole comment, uh, Helen. I'll just sort of summarise. The Sabbath is the opportunity each week where we actually remember that we were created in God's image. We remember that we can do nothing without him. And it helps us to remember that um, what he did in creating us was perfect. And what he wants to do in us today, in 2021, is to bring us back to that perfection that uh, he originally created man in. The Sabbath rest, I believe that it's talking about, is a rest in knowing that we, our sins are forgiven, that our salvation is assured, and that we are right with God. And we can have that assurance, Helen, each day. It's not something you just get on Sabbath and the other six days of the week you stress and strain, wander around the place, as Lynn said about the wandering. Um, you can have that assurance each day, and it starts by beginning each day with God. And by committing yourself to him each day, you have the Sabbath rest. Sabbath is the day on which we memorialise that rest, but you can have that rest during the week as well as you go about your business. Thank you, Brenton. I mentioned I found three. Someone else that found the third one? Helen and Panel are living like a, apart from our creator as um, symbolised by, you know, Cain's uh, experience, as was mentioned a bit earlier, only, you know, frustrates uh, our attempts to have inner peace and lasting joy. And in today's society, we can see that so evidently that um, people, even though they may have beautiful holidays, they may have uh, beautiful times, you know, to enjoy themselves, still we are far from having that inner peace and rest with ourselves. Rest comes from having a trusting relationship with the one who made us. And I think we emphasize on this during this program that we really need to know God, our creator, to enjoy peace and rest. In Christ, there is rest. In his promises, there is assurance. In his presence, we are free from anxiety, worry, and care. Even though we may go through some of those uh, things, you know, like we are not immune to um, to have uh, anxiety. And Helen, I just listened to you the other night on the program and you share about that Christian people and children of God, they can even get depressed, but they can get over it with, with God's help. And that, that's what I believe if we can, you know, even if we bring it now to a conclusion here, is that we need to know closely our creator, God. Thank you so much, Nick. Before I conclude, and I've only got a short time, Joe, would you just read the first part for me of Mark 6.31? It's a command that Jesus gave. I think it's fitting to finish on that. It is definitely very pertinent. Um, if you look at the context of Mark, they had just heard about John the Baptist having been beheaded, and they would have been distressed by this. And so Jesus, being busy, crowds milling about him, doing things for others, he says to them, he calls them, he says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. 
I think that that's what he invites us to do today. Come with me. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is an invitation through all ages, through all generations. Thank you so much. I believe it's actually more than an invitation. I believe God's actually giving us a command to yes. come. It's it's a peacefulness that we mm-hmm. feel. So we need to con- we need to close off. But I want to ask a couple of questions of each one of us on the panel and the listener. How is your daily schedule? Does it need changing? Do you feel like you are on a merry-go-round going faster and faster? Or are you mounting up with wings like an eagle as God promised? We need to trust him and let him be in complete control. So let's um, turn our lives over to him now. And I'm going to ask Brenton to finish with prayer. Thank you. Father in heaven, we pray that today we may be still and know that you are God. Give us that peace, that rest that you have promised, Lord. Help us to understand what it means to have rest in the midst of conflict, in the midst of turmoil and in the midst of a busy lifestyle. I pray that this rest may be not only ours as a panel, but that those who listen to our program, Lord, will also receive this rest. Send your Holy Spirit to bring peace, to bring comfort, to bring joy and to bring hope to each heart. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, your participation today in this great discussion. It's beautiful to be able to come together and uh, bring to our attention, to say so, the beginnings, if you like, how God created us to function properly, not hectic like in these days. Now, I'll invite you to come back with us for the next uh, Bible study because we are going to look into um, very important one, restless and rebellious. You know, restlessness leads to rebellion and uh, it is quite contagious. I would like you to come back with us to learn more. How can we avoid uh, those um, rebellions in our life and have rest in God? May God richly bless you. And uh, until next time, don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.